Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Worth Knowing live stream podcast. My uh, my name is Craig Chamberlain, and thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to be talking about the topic that was shared with the community. The topic, well, actually picked by the community, is, quote, be the love you never received. Very positive response on that one. If you're joining us for the first time, basically what we do is we go over the topic for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then uh, we move into a discussion time. You can participate in that discussion time on Facebook or uh, YouTube. If you uh, are listening to the show on the podcast, no problem at all. The discussion time, you really don't need to see the video or be here live in order to enjoy it. And if you have not yet subscribed, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook. So right now we are uh, we are on all those networks, and you can actually just go straight to wisdomworthknowing.org. You can actually li- listen to the podcasts directly there, or you can um, subscribe directly through that website. It's got a couple of clickable links there. Before we move into the topic... Don't forget to uh, check out Audible. If uh, you like to read, but you haven't been able to listen to any books because you haven't had the time, uh, audiobooks are a fantastic compromise for that. They aren't for everyone, but they're worth trying out. Check out audible.wisdomworthknowing.org and get a free 30-day trial. See if it's for you. I recommend picking out your favorite book uh, so you can kind of experience what it's like listening to it. And they're easier to follow if you know the story. Uh, that's audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. Free 30-day trial. Cancel any time if you don't like it. You won't be out any money. So be the love you never received. This is another one of those samples of posts that I talk about in the morning where I'll put a post out there. This is not one I expected to do super well. And, I, and I'm not trying to be cynical. It just it seems... It seemed vague enough where it wouldn't get a huge response, um, or it seemed like it would be niche, you know, like it would only apply to people who didn't receive a lot of love. Um, and it did did really well. I think it got um, several hundred likes and shares and things like that. Um, and it actually kind of reminded me of a of a of a something a really close friend of mine told me once, uh, and that was. There are certain trenches in, in which we inherit, like uh, there's certain holes that we inherit from from when we're growing up, and some of those holes are generational. You know, we 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 like to pretend that our friends and family don't affect us or haven't affected us, but just by nature of being around friends and family growing up. They have an impact on us, positive or negative. I'm grateful for the the childhood I had. I, w- I was extremely lucky and blessed to have well disciplined parents, and and they set a really really excellent example for me, and they still do to this day. Um, and and not everybody's had that luxury. Uh, in fact, it's a it's a rare thing, you know, to have that kind of foundation uh, in which to draw from, you know. And and when you're trying to navigate life. And, and you are starting from a point where you had a broken family or broken friendships or a lot of heartache. It, it, it does put you at a emotional disadvantage, you know, in a lot of ways. And 
I'm not going to play too heavily into the victim card here. I do know that uh, I I do know that there are people who who based on their current situation they do have it harder. That's that's without question. It's just the reality of the situation. But we we need to be careful not to get into pity party territory for that kind of stuff. Um, we all are subject to that. But it is good to be aware of the of the brokenness and of the of the the weaknesses that are that part of your foundation of your youth, you know, um, and, and because our parents are flawed, just like we are flawed and just like every other human is flawed, there are going to be areas in which, um, we need to improve, you know, and, and that goes back to what I, I kind of opened this with was that there are some issues that are generational. And this is what the gentleman told me because I was struggling with something at the time. And if your family has a history of those issues, then kind of digging yourself out of those is increasingly difficult. You know, there's a couple things that kind of come to mind. And uh, one of the first, you know, the utility of this Bible verse is, you know, uh, the sins of the parents are passed down to the children and then the, the children's children. It's like it's not the se- it's not until the second or third generation that 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 weakness in the family starts to kind of manifest. And so a lot of times the kids in the second and third generation don't even realize where that came from, that weakness. And so kind of digging yourself out of that hole, you know, sometimes all you can do is just start fill the hole in, you know, to kind of help lift you and your family out of that trench. And this could be something as simple as, you know, an addiction. It could be anger issues. It could be anxiety. It could be depression. You know, it's just fa- it's family inherited um, difficulties, and we all have them, right? We all have areas in which we need to improve, and and this is something that I think that in in this quote, "Be the love you never received," it it does talk about at least an awareness that you didn't receive love in some way, shape, or form, and depending on how we respond to that, that void that was created. Um, we can begin to kind of move in the right direction. And and one thing I do like about the quote too is, is it does imply action, right? It says, be the love. It doesn't... You, we're not going to be perfect, you know, especially in areas in which we're weak. But if if we are unloved, we do have a unique awareness of the damage caused by that. Or if we have certain neglect in our lives or if we have certain damage in our lives or certain setbacks in our lives that were cultivated by a lack of love or lack of receiving love in that area, we do have a unique knowledge, you know, that most people aren't aware of that, that a lot of people take for granted because they had it. You know, if, if, if you've had it your whole life, you don't realize how valuable it is. It's easy to take that kind of foundation for granted and so if you're aware of the consequences of of not having received that strength or love in that area that does put you at a unique advantage to love people well you know you can utilize that knowledge because you now see the value in it and then you can love other people's be- other people better. 
So to be the love you never received. I, I think that's a high calling too, because it's it's not like you can just wake up one morning and do this well, especially if you've never received that love. It's not easy to pour over into other people in that area. You almost have to learn to love yourself first. And this is something that I, I will talk about a lot on the show too, is the importance of self-care so that you can you can be full because I, I think it is incredibly difficult to pour into people if you are not full yourself, or at least not filling up yourself, taking the time necessary for self-care. Um, and I, this is a trap for me, man, because I, 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 I a lot of times do have that difficulty when it comes to taking the time to rejuvenate. I think the, the, I think the practice of a Sabbath of some kind is incredibly beneficial for people where you actually have a day you set aside so that you can recharge and refuel so that you can love people better. Um, and so we do need to learn to love ourselves better. And, and that's, that's, that is a skill, you know, it's not something we wake up to, we wake up every morning and then we suddenly can do that, especially in areas in which we're weak. Or, or in which we were unloved. But it at least gives us some insight into, you know, when, when we feel like we were unloved in a certain area, it does give us that insight into the significance of loving people in that area. So that's a really, really, really good one. If you're joining us for the first time, remember you can subscribe on Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. And you can also uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, you can join in on the discussion at Facebook, on Facebook or on YouTube. That's during the live chat. And we will move into discussion time, assuming we actually have some topics worth discussing because um, this show is incredibly early. It's 6 a.m., February 22nd. And uh, most normal people are not up this early, especially since we're East Coast, so which means it's like 3 a.m. on the West Coast, 3 or 4. So that does... Uh, make it a little more challenging <laughs> to get a, a lot of social feedback on that. Be the love. And and then there is what is love, right? You know, we, we do need to be able to define that. A lot of people like to think love is a feeling. And it's just not true all the time. You know, um, in my experience, the best definition of love is wanting what's best for the other person. And sometimes that means sometimes that means not always telling them what they want to hear. Sometimes it means confronting them, you know, about something that they may be maybe doing wrong. And of course you have to use tact when tact when you do that. Also you have to be careful. Because we don't always know what's going on with other people and we don't want to be that person that tells other people what they need to do. But sometimes love is, uh, it does involve a little bit of loving confrontation. It certainly doesn't always involve um, agreeing with people. It, it definitely doesn't always involve affectionate feeling. Uh I mean, I've been married for 15 years, and if you've even been in a relationship for any decent amount of time, you know that you do not have affectionate feelings for 
your partner all the time. Um, I think that idea comes from the romance of Hollywood culture. It kind of implies that there's always going to be a overflowing of emotions all the time. I don't remember where I where I read this, but I thought it, I think there was some truth to it. It did say that, like, if we burned with the love of our youth all the time, we wouldn't do anything else. Like, it would occupy all of our time, all the time, through our entire lives. And that's just not a useful way of living, you know. I mean, after a while, there are other things in your life that need to be addressed or worked on. And so, although love and affectionate feeling are are important, um, I do think it is healthy and normal for that love to evolve into something deeper that doesn't become an ultimate occupation of your mind all the time or your feelings all the time. Because there's a, there's a deeper love that exists that stems from from just intimacy and trust and comfort. And for some reason, we are all avoiding that level. And, and there's, a, there's a wide range of, I'm not judging, there's a wide range of reasons for why people do that, why they avoid it. Sometimes you're just, you're in love with the high, you know, the excitement high, the novelty of it. A lot of people just enjoy that and they don't want to, they don't want to give that up because it is fun and exciting, you know, and they just don't want to give it up. So that's understandable. So we're going to go ahead and move into the discussion time. Ellen says, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ellen. Vendera says, good morning. Good morning, Vendera. Linda says, good good morning. Good morning, Linda. Ellen says, it's 5 here. Yeah, hey, man, thanks for joining us. 5 a.m. That's earlier than I woke up. I woke up at 5.30. Barbara says, love is an action word spoke and lived out in truth telling. Yeah, love is love is action in a lot of ways. And it is wanting what's best for the other person at all times. What you want them to be wanting them to be the best version of themselves they can be. And what we need to be careful on that is is we also need to be able to acknowledge that that in many times does involve us taking a step back and allowing them to grow and make mistakes. It does not mean micromanaging them. In many cases, we don't actually know what's best for other people. So loving them well is setting boundaries, you know, so that that relationship can grow and thrive. And if you haven't read the book Boundaries, I highly recommend it. Um, boundaries and Keep Your Love On, those are two great books on this subject. And, and, it, and it's about how to lovingly set set boundaries so that you can cultivate relationships that are fruitful. You know, you, you can, you set the tone of the environment for the relationship so that you can, so it can grow. The image that pops into my head when, when I think about boundaries now, as opposed to when I first started working on my boundary issues, 
which was about 10 years ago. The image in my head is like that of a garden. And, and a garden has a fence. And the fence is there to protect from outside getting outside things getting in, but it's also to to prevent the widespread or, or uncontrolled spread of things from the inside out. And so if you if you properly set up your boundaries, then it does create an environment in which things can grow well. And I think boundaries are absolutely necessary for that. You know, and this is just a skill we've never we never talk about culturally. You don't learn it in school. You don't you you're lucky if you learn it at home. And and nor, if you do learn it at home, you learn it through observation, like it's not something that's directly communicated. But being able to set those healthy boundaries in your relationships, you know, where you end and they begin and 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 then giving people the space that they need to grow properly and setting your own boundaries so that you grow properly. This is something that's for some reason been lost over time and it, it's it's a very basic thing. But yeah, and love is action and action is sometimes setting boundaries that, that make people uncomfortable. Ellen says trust is a hard thing. Yes. Absolutely, especially if it's been broken in the past by other people. Retrusting people, very, very difficult. This is a perfect example of the of the quote for today. It says, be the love you never received. If you were never trusted, a lot of times you don't really know what trusting people looks like. Or if you were part of a family dynamic in which trust was always an issue because people were constantly betraying each other, it does make it difficult for you to extend that trust to other people. Because there's a history of what's the point. People will just disappoint you. People will hurt you, you know, and, and that's a very easy thing to fall into. And and there's a there's a inherent risk with extending that part of yourself, that trust part, because with, with every time you expend, you put yourself out there and you allow people a part of yourself that they can break, um, you are taking a risk, but that takes courage. And I would argue that even if you've been burned a bunch of times, it is better to have love and lost. It is better to have extended that trust and had it broken than to have never trusted at all. Because trust is one of those things that allow for, it's one of those boundaries. That's it's what extends that boundary out, that allows for the deepening of a relationship. Choosing to trust somebody is a risk, but it's a risk with a reward. And if you've been burned a lot in the past, you may not be able to trust those people. Maybe that's a boundary you set with the people you've been betrayed by, or you're just very careful in your trusting of them moving forward. You'll be realistically trusting and communicate that to them. But be careful not to fall into the trap of not trusting new people who've never been given an opportunity to be trusted. But you need to make, only you can make that decision, right? Only we can make that decision whether the, whether or not extending that trust is the appropriate thing to do and whether or not we want to take that risk. And then there's certain people that just have that 
personality type, it's like, you know what, maybe I should not trust this person because it will hurt. I have a high risk of being hurt and I can't deal with that right now. You know, maybe you have to get to a point of self-love and self-acceptance where trusting someone is a a healthier point. You know, getting yourself to a point in which trusting someone is not going to damage you more, you know, in, in a way that is non-recoverable. And these are only questions we can answer for ourselves. You know, we don't, this is not something we, that just is, you know, like I, what it may work for me, what the, my level of trust is going to be a lot different than, than in other person's because, you know, it, it just, honestly, it just depends on how much you've been burned, I think. Because it's, it's very easy to become cynical, you know, when you've been burned a lot and it's understandable too. Especially if it's really, really close people to you who, who betray you. Um, you know, when there was a fundamental, there was a fundamental foundation there and then like that person just cracked it and shook it. You know, nobody wants to experience that pain again. But if we can't trust people, then we also can't experience the, the good things that come with the trust either. We can't experience the intimacy and the friendships and the, that deeper level with people. So like it, it comes at a cost, you know, protecting ourselves is, it's not a one way street. You know, all of this stuff is double edged short, double edged on the sword, you know, excellent post. Trust is a hard thing. And in, in, if you have never received that love, that love, that trust that comes with proper love, it is hard to be that love. You'd be that love you've never received. It is hard to trust people if you've never been trusted or if you have a history of of betrayal in your life. It's it's very difficult. Vendra says, I've never had that in my first three previous marriages. My hubby now allows me to love myself before I love others. It's a great feeling. Man, relationships are complicated. I'm trying to think of the depths of complexity that comes into a relationship in which the other person does not allow you to love yourself. That's not good. If you're in a relationship or a friendship and that person isn't allowing you to love yourself, that's not good. That's something to think about and talk to somebody about, maybe even a therapist or psychologist. And I'm not referring to you, of course, the person in the chat, but it doesn't seem like a healthy relationship because love is wanting what's best for the other person. And that's a two-way street in a relationship. You know, they may not do it perfectly, of course, but the hope is, is they do want you to be the best version of yourself you can be. Um. Yeah, Denise says good morning. Good morning, Denise. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, Vendera says I've been in therapy for years, and they've always told me to set boundaries. At first, it was hard, but now I know how to make my life worthy. And and it is a skill. I think I'm glad. I'm very glad you brought that up. Um, I I was never good at setting boundaries in my youth either, and I think that's just a byproduct of being young. You don't have the experience in relationships. 
Um, but boundaries is a skill that you can you cultivate over time, and it, nobody does it perfectly. And a lot of times you'll make a lot of people mad, especially if you have a long-standing relationship with them, and then you suddenly start setting boundaries. Uh, it'll be like culture shock for them. They don't. They won't know what to do. Um. So just be humble about it, and see how people respond and react. Sit down, reflect on it, write about it. Journal, bring somebody in, talk to a therapist, talk to a psychologist, talk to a close friend who you do have a healthy relationship with. And then say, hey, you know what? Am I being unreasonable? Am I overstepping with my boundaries? A good litmus test for boundary setting is, is whether or not you're expecting anything from somebody else. Because when you're setting a boundary, only you have you need to make sure those boundaries are are based upon your response to their behavior. So like let's say if you like let's say you're you're in a situation where in a relationship where where somebody's getting out of hand with their anger. What you can't do in a boundary situation is say, "Hey, if you don't change your anger and just fix it, then, well, I mean, I guess you could say I'm going to leave you, but that seems pretty aggressive for an initial start. But that's still actually kind of a healthy boundary because you're telling them how you're going to respond. A bad thing would be to, to tell them if they don't change, then... No, actually, that's not a bad thing. You just got to make sure that the boundary that's being set is 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 cultivated based upon your what you're going to do in response to whatever it is they're doing or not doing. And then then you got to be careful not to use this to manipulate and control people too because remember it's about loving them well. I think a healthy way to set a relationship boundary is to say, "Hey, listen, if 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 we cannot find a way to communicate effectively in this area, then it may be appropriate for us to spend less time together or to put more distance between us until we can have a healthier route. Or you could say, hey, maybe we should go to a group therapist or a family therapist to work this issue out so that we can have a better foundation for our relationship. But it is a skill. Ellen says, this is where I have the most problem, trusting new people. Yeah, I mean, that's a higher risk, right, when you don't know them. There is a high risk with that, with extending that trust to somebody you've never met before because you don't know them well enough to extend that trust. I know some people who, who are, are really bad at just going full-on trusting people. They get burned all the time, and I don't necessarily think that's super healthy, but they do tend to be more passionate about their relationships. So they, they have a benefit there too. They love really well, but then they also hurt really deep. And that takes a, it does take a lot of courage to keep putting yourself out there. You know? And maybe they've just got a good coping me mechanism for dealing with betrayal. Maybe they're just good at dealing with that. Some people just are. You know, and so they are able to love people well and let people in. And then get cut and, and love and, and respond in healthy ways anyway. I'd like to meet those superhumans. Some of them do exist. <laughs> Um, they just, they're really good at not taking betrayal personally. 
Ellen says balance. Yes, finding the balance between setting boundaries and and then finding out, finding making sure that you don't try to become a control freak with people with boundaries. You can definitely overdo it with that. Denny says, "Are you familiar with narcissism?" Yeah, I mean, it's an epidemic right now, culturally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very familiar with it. Uh, and that's I, I did. I wanted to avoid saying that because I don't really know people that well, and and I, I, I hate when terms like narcissism get thrown around so liberally, like in our culture, for example. Um. Narcissism is a condition. It's like a literal thing that you can get that you, people have. Um, and it's good for people to be aware of, of narcissistic behavior. But I, I think we need to be careful with labels in general because there are times or seasons of my life in which I'm super self-involved and self-absorbed. And I was a narcissist for that moment or that day or that week. You know, by definition, I was a narcissist. But applying a mental health issue to people as a blanket diagnosis for all of their behavior, I think it depersonalizes the person, and it's something we have to be careful of. You know, narcissism also could just be somebody who doesn't have any emotional tools for dealing with reality, and so then they use self-absorption as a way of coping really close friend of mine growing up and I think there's a lot of truth to this he told me he goes you can get mad at people for being angry or selfish or self-absorbed or you can get mad at him for it and that's okay to be upset with him but in, in my experience this is what he said in my experience people just do what's worked for them the boss at work who screams all the time, it gets him the result he needs. And it's gotten him the results up to this point. And so that's his emotional tool for dealing with conflict. Yelling. It's not the healthiest emotional tool, but that's what's worked for him. That's what's what's given him the ability to survive in that environment. And a lot of times with his narcissism and, and, and narcissistic tendencies is these are coping mechanisms for people to deal with reality or the reality of their current environment. And the only way they know how to deal with it is through this behavior. And then over time, if it's somebody is a true narcissist and they've, they've actually, they have this issue again, I'm not a clinical psychologist or therapist, but if we follow the train of thinking, it's over time, it just becomes conditioned, right? Is if we use the same coping mechanism, let's say it's alcohol, you know, or, or drinking, you know, at first it becomes just a way of coping, but then it becomes part of us. You know, we, we condition ourselves to use that as the response. And so people just use the, these emotional tools. They, do, they just do what, what's worked for them up to that point. That doesn't mean you, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm, I'm just saying it's good to be aware of that. And obviously, if you're in a relationship in which somebody is is exhibiting narcissistic behavior, setting boundaries is the, first of all, it's the best thing you can do for both of you. You may be the only person in their life who shows them or, or, is, or is, loves them well enough to set a boundary. You know, 
so that they can at least maybe have some opportunity for self-reflection. Um, but it also depends on how deeply embedded that is. That's why I said it's not good, right? Like if, if you're, you're in a relationship in which somebody is a, is a 100% taker all the time, that's not good, right? I'm not saying you cut off that relationship, but acknowledging that that's not healthy is, is a good start. And then if you love that person, which I'm hoping you do, um, you find ways of loving them well. And reading books is a good way to do that and talking to professionals because, depending on the level um, it's hard to set boundaries with people who are, are narcissistic it just is because they probably won't respect the boundaries you set and so then you fa- you'll find yourself repeating yourself often and you may find yourself in drifting territories where where no matter what you say and do it just they just continually get violated and that's hard to, that's hard to work with but like I said, I, I don't like throwing around terms like that just blanketly. Um, I think it's a real condition. I think it is a... Um, I think we need to be careful when we label people because some people are just going through seasons in which they've been drained so deeply that they just are exhibiting narcissistic behavior at that moment. Um, so it's something to be aware of, I guess. Megan says, hey, nice to see the face. Hey, thank you for joining. Um, Tanya says, good morning. That's my problem because my family ruined me in that way, but I'm trying to be open and trusting again. And that that's kind of what we, with the quote for the day, you know, be the love you never received. Um, that's incredibly relevant. It's very difficult when you've never received that level of trust or if that trust was betrayed at, at your youth. It It's, it's, the good part is that you are aware of how valuable that is because you don't have it. The downside is, is cultivating the ability to do that. Well, you don't have a whole lot to draw from. Like if you had a, an upbringing of betrayal, like trust is not going to come naturally to you. It's just not like, it's going to be something you have to learn how to do. And so that's like kind of a high calling to be the love you never received. So, yeah, so uh, thanks for stopping by. If, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you check out the podcast at wisdomworthknowing.org. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Apple, I'm sorry, and on Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. And now for a limited time, if you visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org, you can get a free 30-day trial uh, and a free audiobook to listen to, and you can cancel at any time. And if you're like me, you love to read or even the idea of reading, but you don't have time to do it. So try out Audible. See if it's for you. Pick out one of your favorite books that maybe you've already read. You got 30 days. You can literally sign up and then go in and cancel immediately. Like you don't have to wait the 30 days to cancel. If you're like, nah, this isn't for me. Um, you can try it out and it'll help out the show. With That's that's audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. A couple more questions here, and then we will close for the day. Kim says, I want to start trusting again, even though there are risks involved in opening myself up for the fall. Because the fall come rising its ugly head in some shape or form. That's also true. Fortunately, it's not in my marriage. It's with establishing healthy friendships. I'm a master at setting boundaries. Enough so I don't even get phone calls anymore. (laughs) Being lonely does not outweigh the risk of the letdown. I think I think you have a very healthy understanding 
of of your limitations of of where and I think that entire there's a lot in that statement you just said. So I do kind of want to unpack that a little bit before we close. It says, uh, "I want to start trusting again." So that's acknowledging that that this is something you see value in. Um, and then you follow that up with even knowing there are risks involved. Yes, there are. But you see the value too. So you see the reward and you see the risk. There are risks involved in opening myself up for the fall. Right. So with trust, you always, no matter what level of trust it is, even if it's asking somebody to take out the trash and they agree to it. I mean, there's even that something as small as that, there's a risk in them disappointing you by not living up to it. And I think that's kind of why your second part of that sentence is extremely healthy because you said because with because the fall will come raising its ugly head in some shape or form. So that kind of reminds me of like if if you become an anxiety person, which I have I have anxiety, is you can become hyper focused on things. Like if you have trust issues, you are looking you can be constantly looking for betrayal. And looking for reasons to say, see, I told you that person, I couldn't trust them. So, like you said, people are going to fail and disappoint you. But motives matter. Were they intentionally betraying you or was it simple simple neglect or simple... Uh, they didn't realize how, it was, how important it was to you. You know, like, uh, and even if they do realize how important it is to you, some sometimes people are just going to disappoint you. It's going to happen. And I think that's why what you said here is a healthy perspective. It's like, yeah, it's, there are going to be moments where I, uh, I get disappointed. I get betrayed. And that's just part of the deal with a relationship because people are broken and fallen and that just comes with the territory. Um, then she goes on to say, fortunately, it's not in my marriage. It was just establishing healthy friendships. Well, the good thing about friendships is you're not in a commitment there, you know, and you can be a little more flexible. But it's also good to be aware that they're not in a commitment either. Like you haven't committed to each other in some way. So if you are, like you said, the master at setting boundaries and you're so aggressive in a friendship, people are just gonna be like, you know what? This person's way too high maintenance. Like they are, they do not give me enough grace to be myself. And so, like you said, that pendulum can swing too far in one direction. But like you said, being lonely does not outweigh the risk of the letdown. So then we need to decide what level of betrayal we are willing to absorb. And this is where that word grace comes in. Grace is allowing, is allowing others to be human. And loving them well. Um, and, and in many ways, it's loving them because of their weaknesses, not in spite of them. But like I said, I think there are degrees of grace in which we can give people. And, 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 that, and that grace can be taken to a, a poor extreme of like being in an abusive relationship. Obviously, you don't want to give an abuser grace. So that's where that balance comes in. You got to be able to establish healthy boundaries and put some expectations on the relationship and friendship, but you can't be a uh, full-on control freak about it. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. 
excellent post. There was a, there was a lot there. And we could probably talk about just what you said for, for another hour. But alas, it is the end of the episode. I appreciate everybody joining. Sign up for Audible, audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. It'll help out the show. Free 30-day trial. And you'll get your first audiobook completely free. Cancel anytime. Um, and uh, don't forget to subscribe and share. It helps a lot. And like it if you're uh, if you're on any of the social networks. If you just click that plus button, the like button, the share button, the dislike. Don't press that one. We don't like that one. And then subscribe on uh, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. And also consider signing up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and um, Rumble. No, sorry, Spotify. So until tomorrow, remember, be the love you never received. And let's try to be the best version of ourselves we can today, whatever that may look like. Just try to be the better, better than we were yesterday. Uh, so have yourself a wonderful day.